If you would go to the book of John, chapter 3. Very, very unique passage of scripture. Verses 16 through 18. When you have it, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I will begin reading in your ear. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Bow your heads all over the house. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, first of all, we thank you. We thank you for another day, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for right now, God. Thank you, God, for your life and your help and giving us our strength. Bless it, Lord, from the crown of our heads to the sole of our feet. Uh, send thy anointing, O oh Lord God, the yokes may be destroyed uh, and your people may be delivered. Uh, somebody need to hear from you today, God. Uh, God, send a fresh touch. Uh, yesterday, touch is gone. Uh, and, oh God, in the name of Jesus, uh, help us, O oh Lord God, to depend on you, Lord, uh, leaning and trusting in you. Uh, bless us, God, and we shall be blessed in the great mighty name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray and let everybody say amen. Subject for this morning for a little while Father and Son Father and Son. Father is a man in relation to his child and children. It's often as a title or a form of address. A man causes a pregnancy resulting in the birth of a child. The father in glory is known as the first person in the Godhead that created life. Children wants to make their fathers proud of them. I was listening to Larry uh, and, and the young man over here, uh, uh, baby doll, uh, how they gave the accolades of fathers and how they felt about them in their lives. So children want to make their fathers proud. And an involved father promotes inner growth and strength in, in a child. Studies have shown that when fathers are affectional and supportive, it's a great, it, it plays a great effect on a child's social knowledge and his social development. 
His social drive. He got more drive. And he, he wants to go further because he knows that his father is pleased with what he's doing. It also instilled an overall sense of well-being and self-confidence in the child. According to the Old Testament, God is known as the father with a unique sense of familiarity as the natural father. Why? Because he created him in his image and in his likeness. In addition to that, God the father of all men because he created the world and all that is therein. The same God also is the lawgiver to his people that loves him. God never withheld the best from us. Huh? He never withheld the best of those that loved and trusted in him. Therefore, he gave us his only begotten son. The son that was born of a woman, but by created by God. And all of the fathers in here, amen, ought to be less just like the father of glory. Jesus Christ was the son of God and he had all the traces that his father had. He had the attributes. He had his love. He had his forgiveness. He had his power. Come on, somebody. Your son will carry some of the same traces in life that you built from your genes, your looks, your sciences, and some of your character. Uh, a father and a mother are children's most important teachers in their young childhood life. And the parents should be a wise counselor in their young adult life. The truth of God's word said, train up a child. That means teach him in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What are you teaching him? What are you instilling in him? When he come of age, then he'll understand life better by now. He may not use it in the present time. But it will serve as a developmental stage in his life. And one day, he will remember what mama and daddy said. Come on, somebody. Since the parents are the most important teacher in a child's life, uh-oh, why are we finding it so difficult to follow the teaching of God the Father? One, the one that you say is the head of your life. The one that you said that you love. The one that gave you life and called you a son. Come on, somebody. Have you ever known a natural body to go against the will of the head? They call that a freak. God didn't raise no freaks in the church. The body of Christ, you must follow the head. Come on, somebody. So, but, but we as the body of Christ react to God as the head of the body as though we have de de developmental issues. Come on, 
We sometimes act as though we have birth defects. And being born again in the kingdom of God, God removed your birth defects. You forgot that you were washed from your birth defects and that was your sins. Because you was born, because the Bible said you was born in sin, shaping in iniquity, and in sin did your mother conceive you. But the spirit of the living God is perfect. And it came to take you on to perfection. So stop acting like you don't comprehend what the spirit of the Lord is saying to you. We get that dumb spirit that I don't know when you do know because you done sit up under the word of God. You've been taught the word of God. You've been preached to you about the word of God. And then you still act like you don't comprehend. God said you're lying and the truth is not in you. God kept you when you weren't able to keep yourself. God kept you when you didn't even know that he was the father. Come on, somebody. Yet he shielded you and protected you all your life. Look how God brought you up from your childhood to today. Hallelujah. When we were stupid and dumb, doing everything that we could, but God kept his hand on. You better thank God for his grace and his mercy. He placed you under grace and mercy that followed you all the days of your life. You thought you got there on your own, but it was grace and mercy on your trail. It was grace and mercy that covered you on every side. Because God knew one day he was going to give you an opportunity to be saved. Well, then it tells us that in the process of us coming to know the Father, it said he drawed us with love and kindness. He drawed us with tender mercy. Come on, somebody. He knew how fragile you was. So he took his time, Lamont, and he pulled us in. He didn't do no snatching. He took his time. He said, grace and mercy, I need you to deal with them as fragile as they are. Because I don't want them broken in pieces, but I just want them broken in their heart. So they'll know that they need me. There's an old saying uh, that father knows best. Uh, there's no doubt that God knows best uh, for you and I. Uh, God knows best uh, how to move us in a place uh, to be saved, uh, to be blessed uh, and approved. Yeah. Got to be approved by God. Yeah. Uh, we expect the children to obey us. When we tell them what to do. Am I right about that? Yet. We as adults. Don't obey the word of God. We tell a child what to do. And Robert. If the child is old enough and know. And they don't do what we tell them to do. We get angry. And we might near curse. My Lord. However, 
You don't expect God to get angry about what you don't do according to his word. Oh, you don't expect the father of heaven to discipline you as you do your child. Uh-uh. You want God to have a double standard with you. You want to be able to discipline yours, but you don't want God to discipline you. You have read the word what Jesus spoke of our enemy when he told him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Yet we ignore what the scripture said. Yet we don't take in consideration how God said uh, that we should live by his word. Uh, so therefore, guess what? Uh, we can't walk with God right uh, unless we walk by the word of God. Yeah. There is a law of sowing and reaping. Uh, if you are rebellious against God the Father, huh, your natural children will be rebellious against you. Huh. It's the law huh, of sowing and reaping. Huh. If the Lord can't tell you nothing, huh, it stands a good reason why you can't tell your children nothing. Let's have a flashback. Pastor took us on one flashback. I'm going to take you on another flashback. Uh, look at the life that you live before your children. How much influence uh, did God have in your life uh, when you were living before your children? Therefore, uh, you pass on the same amount of influence uh, in their life uh, as you gave God in your life. Oh, Lord, have mercy. God can't tell you nothing. You can't tell them nothing. I want to be the, the first to tell you. Now, oh, pastor, now we done got old and we done got gray. And some of us darn near standing on a stick. And now we want to try to raise angels in our house. God said you ain't going to do it because I want you to remember how you responded and reacted to me when I was bringing you up in the ammunition of my word. I want to remind you to reflect back how you kicked against the prick when the word of God came by. You spit out my word that I fed you because you didn't like the way it tastes. But the Bible said, oh, taste and see that the word of God is good. Blessed is a man that trusted in him. But you couldn't find no other reason but to complain about the word that God was sending your way. No wonder you can't tell your children nothing. No wonder that you can't get them to eat right. Because you reap what you sow. Oh, I feel my help now. Come on, somebody. Since you became a child of God, how much of God's instructions are you following? You have been accepted 
as a child under the parenthood of God, the Father, by believing in Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed and gave you privileges to be called a son. My God. And now you don't got to the point that you can't listen to the Father. What's the matter with you? What's wrong with your upbringing? What you been learning in church? What have the word of God said to you? Why you be sitting in here? I need you to know that the word of God going to follow you everywhere you go. Come on, somebody. Remember the past of scripture we read. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That was before you knew him. That was before we got here. But his love still stretched out. Come on, somebody. He didn't stop loving Robert because we came here sinners. We didn't, he didn't stop loving because we came here lying. He didn't stop loving us because we came here cursing. But he still loved the world. And then he turned around and he said that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever is the one that trusts him. Whosoever is the one that lean on him. Whosoever is the one that follow him. Whosoever is the one that fall in love with God. Oh my God. You tried everything in life. But have you tried Jesus? Oh Lord. Everything that you tried in life. You couldn't find no pleasure. You couldn't find no completion in it. You still had a void on the inside. I don't care, Lamont, how drunk you got. I don't care, Larry Bean, how high you got. There was still a void in your life. I don't care. Oh, my God. How many hookers you found. I don't care. How many tall men you found. And you said that you loved them. But there was still a void on the inside. Because you needed God. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your father did eat manna in the wilderness. And he said, they all are dead. Oh my God. This is the bread that come down from heaven. That if a man eat thereof, he shall not die. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If a man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I would give is my flesh, which I would give for the life of the world. You don't know nobody that'll give their life for you outside of Jesus. You don't know nobody. You had friends, but they wasn't ready to die for you. You had kin folks, but they wasn't ready to go to the grave for you. Wasn't nobody willing to die for you. But the Son of God sent by the Father. Now, that bread of life 
now has become father of glory. Now, and man is still rejecting the leadership that he's trying to lead them from earth to glory and give them eternal life. Ain't it amazing that God got the best thing for us? He's trying to lead us from earth to glory because if you stay on earth, you're going in the ground. I want to be able to get up one day and go to glory. But I got to be led. I got to follow. I got to get under the leadership of God the Father. He's taking you from a place that is out of this world. The Bible says that I have not seen, nor the ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but he revealed it by his spirit. It's time for you to get an out-of-body experience. It's time for you to do like Paul. Paul said, I knew a man 14 years ago. Don't know whether he was in the body or was out of the body, but he was taken to the third heaven, seen some things that was unspeakable. But oh my God, Paul said, but I didn't get beside myself. But to make sure that I stayed straight, God gave me a thorn in my side. The angel, a messenger of the Satan, that buffeted me to keep me grounded, keep me depending on God, keep me not getting big head because I've been somewhere where everybody want to go. I've been to the third heaven seen some things. You ain't seen it all yet, baby. You had more to come. You got more of God to see. You got more of God to know. You ain't seen it all yet. So don't get it settled in your spirit that you got it all. Because there's more to come. James is not all written in the book. You won't know it all till you get there. Huh? For we only know in parts until that which is whole come. And that's Jesus Christ, King of glory. We all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to do what it takes to get to heaven. Come on, somebody. Don't know about you, but the question is, do you want to go to glory? That's the reason uh, that the Holy Ghost came uh, to lead and guide us uh, back to God the Father. It didn't just come for you to speak in tongues. It didn't just come to give you an option to wave your hand. It came to lead and guide you. It came to make you follow him because he's the only one know the way back to God. Oh, Lord. I'm getting down to it now, Pastor. That was, I'm reminded of a prodigal son. Oh, a man that had two sons. Oh, they had no need to want for anything. But the younger one was just like me and you when we was coming up. I can't, you can't tell you nothing. Headstrong. Want to do it on your own. Think you were able to leap 
buildings in a single bound. Lord, have mercy. Did he come with the card on time, man? Lord, have mercy. So now you think you're grown. You know how it is when they think they're grown. They get the smelling under their arms. They get the smelling they must in this. And they think that they're able to take care of themselves. Am I in the right house today? He wanted part of his inheritance. So his father granted it to him. Now come the training time. See, when you want to get out on your own, now it come training time. And there's one thing about the world. They sure know how to train you. They know how to train you. They know how to make you be dumb. They know how to kill you. They make you, they know how to make you go against God. So now you out there in the asphalt jungle. And out there in the asphalt jungle, there's all kinds of critters. There's all kinds of wild beasts out there in the asphalt jungle. You can't handle it out there. Lord have mercy. Everybody out there in the asphalt jungle that thought they were tough when I was coming up, they all sleeping, dead in their grave. Some by violence, some by natural death, some by sickness, but they still all dead. But you on your own now. You got to make up your own decision. Huh? You wanted to travel to a far place so you can get away from mama and daddy. Get off from under their house because you tired of folks telling you what to do. You tired of folks telling you this and that. You want to be on your own. Do it when you want to do it. Well, you forgot you lived a shelter life from the life of the world. Now you enter into that asphalt jungle and your life is about to change. You excited. Oh, listen at this boy here. He was excited about his newfound life and his newfound friend. He was, oh, he got hooked up with him. He got hooked up with him, a hooker. Oh, my Lord. He got hooked up with one that was nice and fine. One that told him, said, boy, you got it going on. One that told him, said, boy, you look good. Ain't had nobody like you before. You ate that mess, hook and sinker. She told you enough the lies for you to spend your money on her. She told you enough lies for you to shovel it out. She told you enough lies for you to believe everything she said. Now you a big baller. You think so? Now you think that you the man of the hour. You think so? You got friends only because you got money. When you got money, you got friends. Oh, let me stop right there just a moment, Pastor. I'm going to do a testimony of myself. Because see, if I testify about you, you get mad. So I'm going to talk about me so I can be the only one that got the right to get mad. Lord, have mercy. I remember about 50 some years ago when I got out of high school. Women got me a job because I wanted me a car. I envied the car that my stepfather had. Lord have mercy. He had a 1964. Watch it, Pastor. He had a 1964 Impella Super.
Christmas sport. It was white with a baby blue top. It had two pipes coming out the back. Steel tips on it. Lord have mercy. Strong. It was strong. When you crank it up, it sounded like music in your ear. I said, I gotta have one. I gotta have one. I went to work hard. Where I kept my money. I got out of school early, Pastor, at the age of 17 because of my birthday. So I went right to work. Worked hard at the furniture company. Mama got me on at the furniture company. I saved my money. And when it got to the point that I could buy a car, I said, I'm ready to go to the car lot. She took me to the car lot, sister, and I saw this candy apple red. Super Sport Impella 1965. Lord have mercy. I drove away off the lot, Lamont. I was the big man. I had a car, and most of my friends didn't. I had a car, and it was up to date. I was riding high. One day, me and my friends, we piled up in the Super Sport. Stopped by the liquor store, got us some Valley High. You remember Valley High, don't you? We was drinking Valley High, and oh my God, we got tilted to the left, we got tilted to the right, but we was tilted. So we riding through the East End Project, going around corners. Oh Lord, when it got real good, we were going around on two wheels, whistling at the girls, having ourselves a ball. And guess what happened? Somebody made a phone call. I don't know who it was today who made the phone call. But then we went up 6th Street, went to Eddie Gray's. He ain't no kidding to you, is he? And went to Eddie Gray's. Cafe and pool hall. We were gonna shoot some pool during the month with our old drunk self. No, we weren't gonna hit no ball. And Lord have mercy, here come this little Mustang pull up. Now this Maverick pull up on the lot and up jumped Adrian Young. Oh my God! Huh? Out jumped Adrian Young. And all she had to say was, boy, give me the keys. She had already got the report that we were riding drunk, spinning wheels, turning corners. She said, boy, give me the drink, give me the whiskey, give me the keys. You know how you live, Lamont. You got the gang all around you. Lord have mercy. They're looking at you. I thought this was your car. You know how it goes. All she said was, give me the keys. And I had the nerve to repeat what they were saying. This is my car. I'm keeping my car. Mother said, give me the keys. Stand up, Robert. And oh, Lord, have mercy. I looked at them, and then I got huffy about the situation. Turn toward me, Robert. Like, reach your hand out like you want me. Next thing I know, something went. Boom, boom, Lamont, she didn't change another word, just boom, boom, boom. I thought I had like hit by Muhammad Ali. Boom, boom, boom. I hit the ground. You know the next thing I said, Aunt Tina? Mama, hit the keys here. 
She locked up the car. Huh? She locked up the car for Nord and got in her car and she drove off. I was standing there like a dummy. They didn't have no car and neither did I. We all standing there walking on our feet. But the worst part about it was they were from the East End. I was down there too, but I had moved out on the west side of town. They was in walking distance. I'm there like a dummy. Ain't got no way to home. Mama didn't wait on me. I'm sitting there. I said, boy. One of them said, boy, she sure knocked you out, did she? ready to fight again come on somebody couldn't get home antenna all my friends was gone then I, I, had, I had to go down to the juice joint and find my old drunk uncle and we had to go to sleep in his back seat of his car cause you know they ain't gonna leave no time while the, while the liquor is on the table while they buying, they ain't going nowhere. Boy, you better go on out there and get in that car. I'll be out there after a while. <laughs> so I had to go out there and sleep in his old hot car. Because he got ready to take me home. And Rob, you can bet when I got home, I was tipping lightly. I was tipping with respect. I was saying, Mama, I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You better get you some Holy Ghost, sis. Tell God, Father, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. So this boy, this boy was down to where the rubber meets the road. You are your only problem. And you're going to have to be the one to fix it. You got to make your own decision. Come on, somebody. You got to get up and do it for yourself. Amen. It ain't God's fault because you went out and grabbed hold to you a barracuda. And got to calling her a good girl. It ain't God's fault because you thought you had a good girl. Come on now. <laughs> now your money gone. Your friends gone. Sally Ann ain't got no use for you no more. Come on now. So now you just another Joe Blow. Huh? Without a dime in your pocket. With a word that is written on your forehead that is mostly known is called sucker. You can't buy a cup of coffee. Don't know where your next meal gonna come from. You need a job because a man that don't work is a man that don't eat. Am I right about that? You have to take a job. Here this boy is had to take a job that was degrading to his family. Took a job that was degraded to his nationality, and that was to go and feed pigs. He didn't supposed to have anything to do with a pig, but he found himself working in the pig pen. And oh, he got so hungry to the point, 
rob when your friends can't even give you a dime to buy you a sandwich. And now all you have spent all of your money, burnt all of your gas, drunk up all of your wine, smoked up all of your weed, and all that other stuff that you be having is all gone, and now all your friends is gone. Who is the one that's being stupid? Lord, that's the way the devil likes to leave us, looking stupid. Come on, somebody. He couldn't get nobody to buy him a meal, so he had to go and work at the hog pen. And before the master sent him out to feed the hogs to the slop, you know what a slop is that feeds a hog? That's everything that comes off the table. It don't make no difference what it is. And when it all messed together, it looks just like that slop. But guess what? He was willing. He was so hungry to his belly was about to meet his backbone. And he asked the master, can I have the slop before you give it to the pigs? But the pigs was more important to the master than he told him, no, you feed the hogs. And Lord have mercy. He got the reminiscing. It's bad when you won't reminisce where you came from. It's bad that you won't reminisce how good you had it. It's bad you can't reminisce where God had you at. He got the reminiscing that Lord have mercy. My father's servant. Better than this. My father's servant have more to eat and some to spare. I need to get on up from here. Oh my God. You know if he couldn't stand a meal, you know if he couldn't stand a cup of coffee, he sure couldn't stand a bath. I don't know if his father was standing needed a haircut, needed a shave. We talking about a young man that came from a prominent family. We talking about a young man that was raised up right. Now he's looking like the little hobo. Now he's looking like shown up homeless because he is shown up homeless. So he said, let me go back to my father's house. If you got any kind of sense at all, if you got one sense left to get back to your father, you need to get on back to the house of God. And you need to stay in the house of God. So he got on up. Let me go back to my father's house. Where there's plenty to eat. Oh. And on his way. He thought about. What he needed to do. I'm going to tell my father. That I'm sorry. That I sinned against him. I'm sorry. That I sinned against God. And I'm no more worthy. To be called a son. Lord have mercy. But it's one thing I like about God. If you come to God, He will forgive you. All you got to do is come to Him with a repentant heart. All you got to do is be real with God. And God going to be real with you. It's another thing I notice about God. God won't rub your face in your mess. But it's one thing God will do. He will rub the mess out of your face. Amen. So guess what? The boy got him some sense. 
I can't say he got some Holy Ghost in because it didn't tell me whether he had the Holy Ghost or not. But sometimes it just takes plain old common sense to shake you to your senses. Oh, the son and the daddy saw him say, my son that was lost, now he's found. Let's rejoice over the one soul that God saved from the hands of the enemy. The good news spread. The son returned. Let's have a feast and celebrate. We ought to be celebrating anytime somebody gets saved. We ought to be celebrating anytime somebody come back to God. We ought to be celebrating that another soul got snatched out of the hands of the enemy. Don't be like the other brother. Oh, Lord, because you didn't go out and get you a hooker. Because you didn't go out and have you some fun. Now you're going to get mad because the daddy let him come back home. You ought to be glad that he came back home. And most of all, you ought to be glad that you didn't have to taste what he went through. Because, see, you just know part of it. You don't know what all he had to go through to all of his expenses and all of his money was lost. Come on, somebody. I like what Jesus said. Jesus said, told Philip, and now I can understand a little bit better what he told Philip. He said, have I been with you so long, and yet you haven't known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show me the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The works that the words that I speak unto you, I speak of, to you of my, not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He the one that does the work. You can't get around hearing the word of God. The word of God is what's going to bring you out. Somebody should be saying, God, let your word work on me so that I don't have to go back out. Oh, because I want to live and not die. And I want to live where you live. If you're going to live where God lives, you got to eat obedience to the word of God. If you're going to eat, you're going to live where God lives. You got to eat the bread of life. And that's Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And so I got to ask you, who are you following today? My God, my God. No man can pluck you out of the hands of God, but you sure can jump out and commit spiritual suicide. That's a choice to make, and can't nobody make that choice but you only. Amen. So guess what? I'm kind of reminded again on the mountain of configuration. Oh, Lord, transfiguration. Now, Jesus told Peter and John and James with him up to pray. And while he was praying, they fell asleep. And when they woke up, robbers, they saw two other men up there with him, talking to him about what he had to go through when he get to Jerusalem. And, oh, Lord, when the cloud was there, they jumped up and they told Jesus, let us make three temples, one for Elijah, one for Moses 
and one for you. And then the cloud came over. And when the cloud removed, they saw only one. They saw Jesus only. And then a voice come out of the cloud. See, the problem is we ain't listening to the voice of God. The voice came out of the cloud and said, This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. And I don't know whether you know it or not, but God stopped speaking at that moment. Everything that you heard then had to come through Jesus. Everything that you heard then, it had to have been brought to you by the Holy Ghost. God sit down and everything was given unto the Son. So you got to listen to the Son if you plan on being saved. My Bible tells me in the scriptures that unto us a, son, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. You having a problem seeing him as the Everlasting Father. You having a problem seeing him as the Mighty God. But he's the only God you going to see. So you just want to get it straight in your mind. I got to see Jesus. I got to see him. He is my source of life. Without him, I can't make it, Lenore. Come on, somebody. He is the anointed one. The one that came and died for you. Don't let it be said that he died for you in vain. Not for everybody else, because you got to take this thing personal. Uh, if, you, if you didn't allow your life to be hid in Christ, uh, that was your fault huh? because you know the truth huh? and the truth will set you free. I turn you in the hand of the pastor. I hope something was said to help you. Huh? Oh, thank you, Lord.